I'm amazed how many people own stocks. Welcome to the Playing Footsie Podcast. My name's Paul, and each episode, me and the lads get together to talk about the stocks, stock market news, and finance in general. Quick disclaimer, you shouldn't consider anything in this podcast as personal financial advice. If you need such advice, go to a financial advisor. And please remember, when investing in any form, your capital is at risk. So sit back, relax, and let the lads fill you in with all the stock market news of the week. The sucker's going up. Welcome back, everyone, to the Playing Footsie podcast. It's uh, me, Paul Briscoe, and the two Steve, Steve W and Steve D, talking about all things in the stock market this week. Um, how are you doing, guys, and what have you been up to this week? Uh, hi, Paul. Hi, Steve. Um, happy belated birthday, Paul. Nice to have you back. Oh, yeah, I forgot it was my uh, birthday. Was... <laughs> mm. I was going to say, I hope it was good and enjoyable. Not sure whether that means it was enjoyable or not. <laughs> I was just at work. I think I did a YouTube live from the middle of a, an airfield, um, which a couple of people saw. Thank you for, very much for everybody on that. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I spent my uh, birthday, I got remote birthday presents. So uh, my kid was too excited to open some of my birthday presents and just open them up for me over FaceTime. So that's, uh, that's basically what happened to me. That sounds that sounds nice anyway. Uh, I've been watching the market going down mostly uh, over the last couple of weeks, actually, while you were away and now that you're back again. Markets generally been moving lower after some rate hikes from the, uh, the Fed uh, and some similar sort of moves from the, the Bank of England. But it's an interesting sort of market at the moment. I've been thinking about it a little bit. It feels like it's a really nice time to be an investor either uh, with some money because a lot of things are a lot cheaper than they were before. Um, and if not, then just owning some shares that are busy buying back stock. Uh, it's quite a nice time for that because you're getting a better a better deal as companies buy back their own mm. shares at lower prices. It's kind of, for me, a slightly fortunate one. Steve and I have both mentioned um, historically that our paychecks kind of come in slightly lumpy over the course of the year and that we don't kind of get evenly paid throughout the, uh, the months. There's somewhere we just get our kind of ordinary pay and somewhere we get... A bonus or some contract work and that kind of thing coming in and it's been a kind of just blind fortune uh, thing for me that I happen to be getting paid reasonably well at a time when the market's at its kind of uh, lowest ebb uh, or what seems to be its lowest ebb sorry it's lowest ebb so far I shouldn't say that it may well be that it's got a lower ebb to go I'm not calling a bottom or anything like that but uh, that's actually making me feel all right about this kind of low market to be honest it feels like it's kind of coming into levels that I'm happier buying at than I was before and uh, I wouldn't mind them staying down a little bit while I try and get some more money into things that I sort of want to own and keep hold of for a bit. So what are you, are you both doing this? So you both get a bit of lumpy income every now and then you, you, you kind of storing up your cash a little bit and then, uh, you going to call a bottom or are you just taking a bit out each week and just trying to, trying to get the average down on this, uh, this bit of a dip that we got, we got going on right now. In my case, not even slightly trying to call a bottom or um, I, I sort of have this idea of not lumping it in. But when I see stuff at prices I like, I tend to drop the money that I have available kind of on it. And it happens that some of the things are below prices that I'd be happy buying them at at the moment. But that's just my good fortune that I happen to have more money to buy stuff with at a time when um, yeah, Amazon's, I think, quite low at the moment. Uh, Disney's fairly low at the moment. There's some other things as well that I've been having a look at and buying some more some more shares in it feels to me like there's there's lots to choose from uh if you've got cash available and i haven't been storing it but it just happens to be um april sort of april may that i i get paid uh some of my kind of more occasional payments i guess i think steve's got a slightly different approach it's something about maybe occasionally he's mentioned this idea of not lumping it in but I, i'm not sure whether we've uh how we're doing on that one uh, still not lumped in. Um, I have uh, about half of, of the ISA deposit just sat outside of the ISA. I'm not waiting for a bottom. I've just decided to spread the deposit out over the 12 months rather than uh, like last year. I, I put nearly all of it in at one, in one go. Uh, and then I spent six months sitting on my hands while prices of the sort of stocks I wanted to buy were going down and I, I couldn't take mm. advantage of it unless I sold something and I... I dislike selling at the best of times anyway, but um, I dislike selling for a forced reason that, uh, you know, a stock I like is got cheaper than another stock I like. Um, so, 
Yeah, so I'm keeping myself busy by reading. So I've been reading two books a month uh, since the turn of the year. I've sort of absentmindedly turned it into a quest to find the best um, sort of book for beginners as well, which is uh, kind of interesting. So I've been reading uh, a complex book that discusses all the different nuances on a balance sheet, and I've been sort of like mixing it up with um things like the psychology of money which is a highly recommended book i've just mm -hmm. finished last month i finished reading just keep buying by nick maguli my julie i'm gonna butcher his name um but that's a very 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 good book for somebody who's uh, just getting started it's a it's a book where he'll come up with various suggestions and you'll think absolutely no bollocks that don't make any sense and then three pages later when he's laid the data out to you in cold hard facts you're like okay he's right um so i've also got the laws of wealth coming that's what i'm going to read next month i i thought the little book of valuation might be a nice easy book for people to read by uh uh i can tell you that's not that's not going to be on my uh list of books for uh new investors to read uh for all these <laughs> book uh hasn't come yet um but i'll, you I'll ordered add it. that to it and i've also got a book called grow the pie um but we'll we'll see about that one you ordered Frody's book. I have ordered Frody's book. Yes, it comes on. Uh, it comes on Monday, but I, I'm not in a rush to read it because I've got still mm. got loads of stuff ahead of it at the moment. I feel like it might be a bit basic for you as well because you're a little bit more versed in the. You're not the target audience for the book necessarily, are you? But I suppose uh, there's going to be nuggets of knowledge that are in there, right? Well, the idea is not. It's not necessarily to uh, really broaden my knowledge with everything I'm reading. It's kind of just to well i i'm on a bit of a quest to find the best investing book because none of my actual friends invest and i want to have one book that i give to them and say read this one and um you know um get started kind of thing so i actually just keep buying it i have given that to my brother who um who doesn't invest and he said he's going to read it whether or not he will or, or not but it, it, that is a book that is laid out for people who who aren't interested in investing None well, of speaking my actual of... friends invest. Literally sat right here. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is this is it. This is why we do this podcast. The Spotify. I, I think um, <laughs> I think uh, us us three talking. This has all come together because I don't think we've got any friends that are close by or anything that actually are could have stopped that earlier. Yeah. Well, that's that's so that's how this podcast came about. Speaking of books, though, um, I too have kind of started reading uh recently um <laughs> which is a miracle because i've never read anything <laughs> the hungry caterpillar is a riveting read <laughs> yeah 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 but, well you say that but yes i do read that book quite a lot but to my kids <laughs> but um uh, yeah psychology <laughs> money is one I... <laughs> but don't tell me how it ends because so... <laughs> <laughs> i don't actually know how it ends we've never got that far um these <laughs> oh, he's a massive leaf and he feels fine yeah. <laughs> sat there with a dictionary going lettuce <laughs> the um yeah so the psychology of money is one i think we've spoke about before brilliant book um it's over there on my shelf uh because i'm probably going to only listen to the audio book now because that is uh to me that's just as good uh, atomic habits which was one that you uh suggested to me and i've had that for uh, quite a long time and atomic habits uh is is one that's uh i can't remember who the author is he's a sportsman isn't he he helps you develop james a clear. lot of yeah james clear that's it uh brilliant brilliant guy and i'm also uh i got sent the other day for my birthday by from agronomics uh, a book called moo's law by a guy called jim mellon who is one of the co-founders of agronomics that's an investment fund that invests in cellular i've got to get this right cellular items because it's not cultured meat anymore it's it's vastly um it's much more than cultured meat now it's leather it's everything that you can make from animals glue the whole shebang so th this book is massive i haven't got it to on me right now because it's on my bedside table upstairs uh i forgot to bring it down but yeah interesting uh i'm trying to read a little bit it's not really my thing reading uh i'm definitely not the smartest man in the room here but right today we have a pack grand pack show for you today we've got a little bit of earnings some of the things we've picked out 
uh to look at it's a bit of a crm type episode today if you're into that uh wix and monday.com's earnings have come out recently and we're going to talk a little bit about those companies and i believe you guys have also got a couple of picks for me that you've uh researched recently and you're going to try and convince me of of uh investing in these new stocks even though there's probably a million stocks on them on the market right now that we want to buy amazon is one of them for me that i'm really hovering over at the moment but god there must be loads paypal 10 cent all these ones that have dropped down 50% and I want to buy. Tencent's really high on my list. Have you guys ever thought about Tencent? Steve owns it, I think. Yeah, I've got it. Yeah, that's in my that's in my pie. Good. I thought you were going to try and convince me of uh, not in, not investing Chinese at the moment, but uh, it just seems like a really good opportunity. Not Chinese, is it? <laughs> Too cheap to ignore, I think. Um, <laughs> I was going through this with... Um, going through this with somebody in the actually it was on the trading two on two community and he was just asking if anybody anybody invested in tencent and uh, we ended up having like a multi-threaded chat that went on for about 40 minutes about it. i was surprised really because i i was just assuming somebody in the community was basically asking me to um basically do the research for them and tell them why they could buy it uh, but actually no this guy had done it all himself and he just wanted somebody to sound off on to uh, and yeah he did a he'd done a really good job and um yeah, it was basically the reasons I buy Tencent uh, is because they're a, a very high margin uh, tech business. Uh, they're a bit of a brain drain for anybody in China who wants to be involved in tech. They uh, only operate in high margin businesses. And if they don't want to, um, if they want to be part of a sector, but it's not a high margin sector, they buy a part of somebody who's already doing it. So uh, I think that's a very sensible way to do business. The only real sort of downside to buying Tencent is uh, the the regulation hammer and when that stops being uh, splatted on the head of Tencent. Yeah, definitely. Speaking of Chinese stuff, though, I got into TikTok very recently in the past few days. Have you guys ever? You guys have never explored TikTok, have you? <laughs> Steve's barely on Instagram. I'm not on Instagram. It's all crap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's um it's i tell you what that thing if you go on tiktok that is a massive drain in fact i just saw some figures on it um monthly average hours per user is 26 hours so they're spending if you're on tiktok oh. as in like yeah if you're on that app they are spending more than a day a month on watching that app which is ridiculous i can understand why as well because if you go to that live feature it's really fucking it's it's really horrible like it is the bottom of the barrel as far as entertainment goes it's just people fighting over the internet because they do this live thing where they talk to each other and things oh it's horrible it's all it's just a it's the bottom feeding of society it really is sorry anybody who's on live on tiktok right now but um yeah i i, I can understand why people are on it it's you can't turn your eyes away from it china is definitely you know infiltrated our our younger generation here with tiktok which is very very interesting to to know that's a conspiracy theory though isn't it hmm paul has made it very clear then that we will not be doing live tiktoks on the playing footsie <laughs> show apparently uh, i i hadn't i wasn't party to that discussion particularly but it sounds like that won't be a thing that we'll be doing anytime soon one of my oh, favorite right. things to do is to refer to it as ticky tock in front of young people you should try it it's hilarious <laughs> <laughs> that's a good sign that you're getting old and a bit of a flashback to my childhood because uh, that would be that would mean that all of my older generation were just trolling me when they were doing things like that the sucker's going up all right let's start with uh wix.com and their earnings that came in uh you guys uh are in are you guys interested in wix because i'm very interested in wix i believe it's a motley full stock i think for all the does he own it can you confirm that with a little nod i'm not sure i'll have a look no i can't While remember if he does own it yeah but anyway wix is uh big on our list today these guys wanted me to talk about it because uh, i'm quite interested in it uh it runs my business my own little photography business so i'm very in with the company itself it's, it's one of those um circular competence stocks for me where i i use it a lot i know a lot about it and i can understand from a customer uh, from a consumer point of view how 
good this uh, platform is and how useful it's going to be to small businesses in the future. There's similar companies like Squarespace, uh, Salesforce is, is a competitor to it. We had uh, Shopify noted as a big competitor to it as well because Wix has largely expanded. In the last year, Wix has gone from just being like Squarespace and just having a little uh, little website creation kind of platform uh, with like an 80% cr uh, gross profit margin and it's turned into this much wider thing now. So it doesn't just make your website anymore it doesn't just uh, be a crm it's brought it all together with this thing called ascend there's a lot there's a lot of social media stuff that can be done on there you can automate your social media stuff and the idea of it is that it gets you hooked as, in the same way as squarespace by giving you an ad supported kind of taster to it with the eventuality that when your business becomes good enough or you start to uh grow your business a little bit more it will then kind of drag you into uh paying for the fee it'll take away that ad that ad that sits on your website and it's really annoying and really unprofessional and you will then start to pay the fee for your website i think this is a an excellent business in in all sorts of ways not just because it genuinely helps its consumer uh which obviously is me i think it's a really good style of business because that kind of feed in uh where it converts customers from a freemium model all the way into their proper premium model is is really good in my opinion but we may have to talk about that soon because the earnings call might suggest that that is not such a good idea but also uh it has a little bit of a moat in this way i don't think there's any strong moats in this entire industry at the moment because i believe that the startup costs particularly for some of the bigger big tech companies like google and amazon and salesforce can all get into this space i think to be honest with you squarespace and wix are probably good acquisition targets here for some of the big tech because their price has gone down so much but when they do have the customer switching costs become a really big important thing because i'm telling you now it uh, with my website sat up with my crm started my email blasting that goes out and my social media attachments and how they build my social media because all that's happened i don't want to move over to squarespace or adobe or something like that and try and set up my own again i think it would be such a such a hassle uh so that's one of the big things for Wix. Um, I've just tried to give you a very small overview of what Wix is as a company, as a business right now. With the earnings call, though, this month, I think it's exactly the same as everywhere else. They currently came in with a, a very small revenue beat, $340 million. Uh, expected and 341 million given but a massive drop in expected uh, earnings so they expected a, a minus uh, 61 cents per share but actually came in at minus 72 cents per share which is an 18 percent miss uh, and that's got everyone asking a few questions about Wix especially as Squarespace which hasn't come out yet but there are a few differences between the two companies now where we have to kind of start to separate them out again. So Square, Squarespace has a gross profit margin of around 80%. I don't know the exact figure, uh, but it's seen as its tightest competition. In fact, Wix got so big because of all the Squarespace advertising on YouTube. And, uh, and uh, you would have seen it. If you've seen any big YouTuber, they're always halfway through the video talking about Squarespace. Well, actually wix benefited quite a lot from that for free because when you go and look at squarespace and see what they're able to do you kind of go oh that looks a bit expensive i wonder if there's any other sites doing it and immediately wix comes up as the second second one to search for and that actually benefited them quite a lot they basically got a lot of advertising for free now this meant that wix was able to now grow where squarespace isn't growing wix is adding on it's acquiring different companies uh sends one company which uh, deals with a lot of crm marketing and payment so this so wix is eventually planning on becoming uh, a big old company that does everything for the small business um i think that's a 
a, a great thing um, that uh, as an idea, uh, and I don't think there are too many companies doing that just that yet, but I think there are a lot of companies that will do this. Now, the big problems with Yearn is that people have pointed out is that their operating expenses are considerably higher than their revenue. This is because there's so much marketing uh, going on at the moment. These This company, Wix, is trying to grow its users before it tries to grow its profit at the moment. So it, it's sinking a lot of money into its marketing and not necessarily earning a lot. And that has come up as a problem for Wix right now. On the earnings call today, I listened and there were a couple of problems that they, they did highlight. So the first big problem was that conversions have gone down. So the way that Wix, as I explained, gains its customers is it takes those freemium type models and then converts them over. We actually found out that this quarter, that number is down. And that may be due to tough comps because we are comparing this with 2021 still. We're still comparing it with a time when everyone quit their job, tried to become their own boss, and then went on Wix and Squarespace and tried to create their own website and the conversion was there. We're comparing it to that. So maybe it's lost a little bit, but still I do see the problems with the balance sheet. I have I did own this company, but I sold it after it took a nice big hoop up. So I am actually out full, full disclosure on that one. But it's some of the big investors out there who we quite, um, who, who some of us quite uh, admire are invested in this. Uh, I want to bring Feroldi in for it for soon. Have you, uh, have you decided whether Feroldi actually owns it yet? He's not. No, I've just had a look through it. He's not invested in Wix. Oh, right. Okay. Just one of them, one of the Motley Fool characters is, I'm sure. Yeah, Wix. Uh, what do you think of CRM in general and other companies that could be in this space? So, if I pick up from here for a moment, I have, a, I guess, I have a, a fairly straightforward question uh, to kick us off with, which is, who are you and what have you done with Paul? Uh, because <laughs> I spent like most of this last week trying to think of a stock you would like, uh, and you found something that doesn't have a hope of having a dividend. Uh, it's nowhere near buying back its stock. Uh, it's unprofitable, has a low gross margin because it has high costs at the moment. This doesn't feel like a pull stock uh, to me. It feels like a stock I quite like the sound of, but it doesn't sound to me particularly like a Paul Briscoe investment. So I like CRMs in general because of some fairly obvious reasons. I like them because they have low input costs, uh, which means that supply chains aren't going to be a huge issue for them. Inflation is unlikely to be a massive issue on the supply side, uh, so they don't have to buy a vast amount of stuff in. Wage inflation might be more of an issue, but uh, they're not going to be affected much by the price of copper or iron. I know that sounds obvious, but it's quite pressing at the moment. Um, I quite like the idea that uh, in a falling market like this, you can stick close to your area of competence, uh, your circle of competence, sorry. Um, with prices coming down across the board, you don't have to go reaching into things that you don't understand very well. Uh, I like the idea that Wix is attempting to collar a kind of a niche with a sort of small business thing. Um, I wonder whether there might be even more of a moat than you were uh, telling us about. I get the switching costs thing because I'm not with Wix. I have a website with a different uh, organization, but I don't want to switch out of it because uh, having got myself set up on them, it would be a nuisance for me to go and take myself somewhere else. So I, I absolutely see the switching cost point. I wonder whether there's a scale advantage here as well, which basically is the idea that this market might be small enough that if you can get hold of enough of it, it's not really worth Salesforce or Google or anyone else's time to come and try and compete with you one way or another, because the amount of money they'd have to spend pushing you out, there isn't really the market there to justify it. And it won't take another player, realistically, if they come and compete alongside you. Realistically, it's unprofitably for, uh, unprofitable Sorry for everybody. So I kind of like that. I kind of like, uh, weirdly, I like the fact that this company is unprofitable uh, for what it's worth, because I think the market is currently throwing out large amounts of bathwater uh, at the moment in unprofitable tech. When you listen to kind of trader advice, they're all saying, oh, quality tech and unprofitable tech and big tech has all been kind of beaten down. Unprofitable tech, stay away from that. But when people say stay away from unprofitable tech, that to me says start looking at unprofitable tech because I like looking where the market's not looking. And I'm perfectly content with the idea that there are going to be some nice niche, eventually high margin, if it will get there to a high gross margin and then high operating high net margin as well. 
I can live with a low gross margin at the moment. No one's buying Wix for the return over the next couple of years. It's going to be negative. So what you're looking for is that story building out. And if they plan on kind of landing and expanding, fair enough. So I sort of thought I saw quite a lot to like here. I own a a CRM that's not this one, uh, but it's very similar to this one in style from what I can see of it. Um, And if you know Wix pretty well, I'm all right with the idea that you might be kind of keen on this one. Steve? I'm just quickly looking through both Wix and uh, Squarespace's website, and I think it's um, they, they basically they want you on this monthly plan. They want you paying a monthly fee or an annual fee. But what's quite remarkable is when you look at their actual quarter-on-quarter growth, which you would assume would reflect the fact that people should be signing up all year round. The actual growth quarter-on-quarter is tiny: twelve million, four million, yeah. eight million for Wix quarter-on-quarter. Squarespace is is worse. It's four million. Seven million, three hundred thousand uh, dollars, for something that's wanting you to pay sequentially month for month. You would think that in there would be a reflection in the revenue. I think the best stock to buy out of these two would be cash. Um, I can't really <laughs> see any redeeming features for either. It's um, yeah, What's it's tough. Steve, saturation. No, uh, it was a it was a bad thing about the they they mentioned this conversion rate that wasn't that wasn't going up and but they didn't mention at all users leaving and in fact they did they did co- copy on this that they said that they don't see users leaving they in fact see uh, users growing and ARPAs growing as well so I don't I don't know about that I I would like to see if, is that a uh, comparison problem, so, but like you're saying, it's quarter on quarter. So are you looking back four or five quarters there, or just uh, one to two? Between the two of them, um, they've spent um, around four hundred thousand, uh, sorry, four hundred million dollars on advertising over the quarter. This is Wix and Squarespace added together, and they've yeah. brought in revenue of five hundred and forty-one thousand, uh, five hundred forty-one yeah, yeah. million. So there's, yeah, that's. These are it's not like a, it's, good businesses. It's like eight to one or something that, um, that you say. It, like you say, it's it's this is early days. This is this is that kind of world we're in at the moment. I've gone off it because of that reason, because of how much marketing has gone in. Like I said, I bought in, uh, and I'm sure it was based on a lot of information from other. Uh, investors, a lot of 13Fs I was looking at going, right, what do they see in this? And I, I saw that and I saw the anecdotal stuff and the circular competence stuff that I was talking about. But then as the price where the price went up, everyone got a bit excited recently. I did take a look at it and I saw this advertising revenue go up and I thought it's, it's not one of those companies that can just turn on the profit right now. This is gosh, this is an uphill struggle for this company and Squarespace to make the money here. And that makes it slightly more risky than it should be. So for people like me who are not sort of specialists on this kind of thing, I'm I'm sort of seeing airline economics here a little bit, where everyone's busy fighting each other with incremental promotions over the kind of last customer and nobody seems to be making any money out of this at all. I get it's not an airline in the sense that this is presumably a stickier business than an airline. There's no real switching costs to kind of aircraft and stuff, but... One of the things that a lot of people wonder about, and I heard from Charlie Munger, was um, he wonders why some companies kind of get down to just having, or some industries, sorry, get down to having just one or two players, and everyone behaves reasonably well, and everyone makes decent profit, and no one's really kind of racing to the bottom here. And in other industries, uh, they do, basically. I mean, airlines are forever flogging seats cheaper than everybody else just because it's worth it to get an incremental passenger on at basically any cost at all which means that nearly no one makes any money here. Does this feel kind of airline-like then in competition yeah, terms? Yeah, so I um, I did a bit of a look around for other website builders like this, uh, online website builders, and there's a lot. Like, it is not a small market. There are very small companies, private companies, and I'm talking thousands. So we've got quite a saturation, and this market has a lot of consolidation to go. And the the upside of this market spend was that they were going to outspend everybody else on marketing and eventually you get the consolidation down to a couple of uh, fighters here and that would may mean why maybe another reason why big tech hasn't got involved yet is because this does feel like a bit of a, a losing kind of industry at the moment but they would say 
and this is this would be from their mouth this is an user base and uh, subscriber base growth type model first so the only thing i would say really to just and again it's anecdotal but um the sort of people that you attract to uh, wix and squarespace are, are obviously going to be people who are just starting a new business and the vast majority of new businesses fail so the likelihood of their chain being quite high uh, is is something that I would keep an eye on. Um, yeah, I think they're going to. There's literally no reason to keep your website if your business has failed. And I, I think there'll be quite a lot of people uh, with failing businesses as, as interest rates go up and, and, and capital becomes harder to attract um, all over the Very world. Good really. Point. So um, yeah, I, I I wouldn't be too keen in either of these two stocks at the moment. They've, they've just got terrible margins. They've uh, they, they don't make any money. They're very egregious stock-based comp payers. Um, the rest of the revenue, by the way, I had a look while I was out, is definitely definitely over and above divvied out a stock-based comp. Um, these companies are essentially negative revenue companies. Never never mind uh, negative net income. Um, so yeah, mm-hmm. they're they're an avoid for me. You know that that makes a lot of sense. That makes a lot of sense. Well, we've done a ridiculous amount of time on Wix, considering none of us are going to buy it. Uh, next up, then, uh, let's talk about Monday.com. Okay, so Monday.com, I've uh, just got their earnings. They actually reported today. It's Monday that we're recording the show. We're early again. Um, and they reported, they're an Israeli company like Wix as well, so they uh, reported prior to the market opening. Uh, they recorded, uh, just for this quarter, revenue of $108 million, uh, which was a, a beat. It was plus 84% year-on-year. They gave you non-GAAP EPS of negative uh, 96 which was also a beat. They recorded 89% gross margins, uh, a non-GAAP operating loss of about $43.8 million. Uh, that's with the stock-based comp taken out. Uh, they have 960 customers spending over $50,000 um, annual revenue. Uh, that was up 187% year-on-year. Their uh, dollar-based um, retention rate was 125%. It's actually 135% for anybody who has more than 10 seats. Uh, negative free cash flow of about 16.2 million, so not too bad. Um, I would have expected them to lose you know, quite a little bit more with the kind of growth rates that they're delivering. Uh, they introduced a couple of new products, uh, Work OS, uh, a CRM, a marketer, a development, and uh, a projects page just to tack onto their offering. They also raised full year 2022 revenue guidance. Uh, they said uh, next quarter will be 117 to 119 million. They're expecting an operating loss of about 35 million. And full year 2022 revenue was for 488 to 492, so nearly at half a billion. And uh, they reckon the operating loss will be between uh, 139 uh, million and about 135 million. So a decent showing from Monday.com, to be honest. I think they're. Um, the stock-based comp is what's going to kill them um, for quite a while at the moment. They're still trying to attract the best talent. Um, And you've got to think sometimes the best talent for uh, a company that's headquartered in Israel probably won't be in their country as well. So it's going to take a lot to get people over there. Um, Not that Israel doesn't have its own fantastic tech sector, but um, it's, it's, it's pretty, uh, there's there's a lot of companies in that kind of area. So yeah, it looked good for me on day.com. The market didn't like it too much. It was down about three or 4%. It was up at first, um, but I think as people start to, consume that this is still very much a, a cash tomorrow kind of company and the market really doesn't respect that um yeah it, it, it looks okay I, I i think i'm more infused about monday.com than than the others but um monday.com and other crms what what kind of benefits it uh from something like salesforce who is starting to go for the the smaller business as well as um, I understand it, for what it's worth, I, this is about the only thing I know about Monday.com, and this is their advertising. They they call themselves a CRM that your workforce will actually like using. Um, yeah. I, the, where I work, we don't have super much use of CRMs, but um, that sounds like a selling point. Steve, is that what you were going to say? Sorry. No, sorry. I was going to say Salesforce is written in its own language, so you need a specialist to be able to customize it. So the, the redeeming feature of Monday.com is that it's all block-based. Um, yep. So basically, you just buy the block that the blocks that you want. You, Monday.com puts it all together into one package for you, and um, and and that's how you run it. So just to say, um, I appreciate 
the Wix comparison, but Monday.com's after a very different type of client. So it's after the top end clients, it's after the big companies, yeah. whereas Wix.com yeah. is after the small companies. Um, Monday.com already works with um, Hulu, NHL, Coca-Cola, HubSpot, EA, Adobe, NBC, Uber, Unilever, Abbott, um, Deezer, um, uh, literally it's the whole uh, Allstate, PayPal, Yum. It's working yeah. with the biggest the big companies names, like Deezer. Yeah, it's working with well Sanofi. There you go, Steve. I want that one. Actually, yep. do you know who? Are you pa- happy at Coca Cola? Uh, uh, I just yeah, stopped scrolling to the bottom yeah, right definitely. corner. Do you know who's there? Wix. <laughs> <laughs> so Wix aren't even using their own CRM. Uh, but yeah, yeah. It, it is literally working. It's working with some of the biggest companies in the world, at least in some capacity. Um, whether yeah. or not you believe that they're taking the, all of those, I mean, there's a hell of a lot of companies in here that you think these must be multi-million-pound deals, and the revenue just doesn't reflect that. So I assume they're that's, providing. That's what confused me because you said CRM this. For people here. Yeah, you said this a couple of days to me. To me, you were like, "Oh, check out the customers that Monday.com has, has got," and I was like so why isn't it the biggest company in the world at the moment what, what was the revenue you said it was it was uh, i was checking out last year's revenue it's going to be about half a billion but... yeah so well they're guiding it, for half a billion so that's it, if it really is the crm to the stars is it uh, it, it can't it can't possibly just just having coca-cola would probably bring in half a billion in revenue right that's what you would expect so how does it do it with all that so I'm a bit confused on that one, and that when you said that a few days ago, I looked at that and I was like, it "Doesn't make that much sense to me." But I, you know, I'll take that with with a pinch of salt, and I'll, and I'll you know, I'll sort of give the benefit of doubt on that one, and 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 expect it. But uh, yeah, it's I, pretty cheap. I don't know whether you've actually gone and had a look at their pricing. It's not an expensive kind of thing. I mean, a seat is about seven pound a seat. So I mean, how many people do you need using your CRM? I, I can't imagine it's loads. And when you start talking about you know, the Coca-Cola ringing up and saying, look, I want to buy 500 seats. They ain't going to be paying £7 a seat, are they? They're going I, bet to be it, a lot I bet it's one country. So um, I bet it's like Coca-Cola Norway or something like that. I, be. bet, I bet that's what it is. Yeah, I think, and they get, to, they get to put the logo up there because they've got uh, Coca-Cola Afghanistan on there and and uh, sponsored by the US government. And uh, and they've, they've got to sign it because I'd definitely do that. If I got a contract with Coca-Cola in some tiny country, I would put that all over my website. Um, so yeah, possibly. But I've the NHL spotted, is. I've only... spotted some more. There's a second page. <laughs> yeah, there's I know. I'm looking page. at there's it now. There's Kroger, there's Walmart, <laughs> there's Peloton, Devita, <laughs> Thermo Fisher Scientific. These are huge companies. Striker, Sempra. Yeah. Uh, this is yeah, I... like BBC. This but is this is this is this CRM is what I don't the masses. Get. Why are I a billionaire? <laughs> Yeah, this is what I can't work out. That this, this is the only bit I can't work out, and uh, that would take a, a lot of diving. I mean, I, I haven't even took a light dive into Monday.com, so um, so I, I wouldn't even know where to go with this. But the NHL is no, the NHL is all over the world as well. You can have the NHL in in Europe and anywhere really. So it's not necessarily the NHL in the US either. So ah, I don't know. That's that's annoying. But I think a lot of people full, need to use. Um... I think a lot of people need to use your they have CRM. A full story in your company. That the the only times that I've had contact with Monday.com is with tiny companies, um, as in like very small businesses at the bottom, and it it hasn't worked very well for them. I must admit. It's only me who thinks it might be a desirable thing if the what they've got for Coca Cola is like I don't know Coca Cola Australia or something that. You know, if you can get your foot in the door with Coca-Cola somewhere, the Australia part yeah. of the organisation talks to the Canada part of it and gets them on board, and then they gradually edge into. I don't yeah, know. Foot in I, the door. I, I don't know how Coke organises itself, kind of, um, in terms of uh, geography. But I mean, the idea of having a foot in the door there and being able to expand outwards into those things seems to me quite attractive, and it would be nice if that were the case with those kind of low revenue numbers you can see where more's coming from you, you could see that yeah can't you? I, you could say that uh, you know they maybe they maybe went into corporate hq in the us and the us said look we use salesforce we don't really want to try this new beast in 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 america but we will try it out in you know mm. somewhere else croatia I absolutely and we'll agree. Just see how yeah, it, i was not how it goes out there i was not putting that down at all obviously that is a brilliant thing but i do wonder if they're sort of overstating it's a lot of it's a lot of um it's a lot of assumptions we're making here when we just write coca-cola on the front screen it's not like let's say a reit who Hmm. would have 
Amazon.com as one of their clients. They definitely write it up there, but they have to include that it's only 14% of their, um, of their customer base or something like, or they only have 1% of the entire market in, in, uh, in Amazon because Amazon is spreading itself out. It, It was never, never a bad thing. Absolutely agree with you to have your foot in the door. I would be writing all about it. There, there isn't a, there isn't a doubt. But I think as an investor, we just want to be a bit more, you want to look into that. You don't just want to look at the website and go, oh my God, they've got all these amazing companies. You want to look in and just see exactly what they've got because the revenue does not match being the only, well, apparently it's the only CRM in the mm. world because every company uses it as it, like if, if I'm just looking at a website, I am looking at that and going, oh, so Coca-Cola, the NHL, Canva, Hulu, EA Sports, EA, uh, NBC, and Universal use Monday.com as their only CRM provider, and they are the only—they uh, are—they are just five or six out of the 152,000 plus customers worldwide that trust who uh, that trust Monday.com as their only CRM provider. I think the message there. To be fair, they're not saying that, though, are they? They doesn't say it only anywhere on the page. It just says no. It doesn't. Of course, it doesn't. It just it gives the impression, though. It's the impression, right? And all all I'm doing is saying, just let's just back up a bit and let's just like see exactly what they do for these these companies. And that was the only thing. I I wasn't making. This is a bigger point than it needs to be because Monday.com is obviously making making money and. Uh, that's such d- beside the point. I was just kind of pointing that out. It's a fascinatingly diverse set of companies, isn't it? Hmm. You've got EA and Sanofi and NHL and Coke and whatever Deezer is doing nowadays. <laughs> it feels like it must be a pretty general sort of CRM, right? But yeah, but to a C- catering to all these. A CRM doesn't need to be anything other than a set of it's rules just emails. that uh, hmm. allow you to just record information. So. Yeah. Just emails, creating forms, and it, and it fits itself into that. All right, let's get on to the next. What was sorry? So last last uh, comment on Monday.com because I've completely forgotten what we were talking about regarding Monday.com. It's doing all right, I think. I think it's definitely one for <laughs> watch lists. I think is probably how we would how we would finish it. Yeah, like a lot of these companies, they've come down a lot in price. How much is it down on price at the moment uh, from its all time high? got to be it's up there with the, the rest lot. of them it's, uh, um it's down at about a hundred dollars at the moment and it's high was in i think nearly 500 off the top of my head well maybe 400 uh, and that's about wow. 4.72 market cap so it's about 10 times sales still so it's not massively cheap okay 52 so, week highs 450 okay wow okay so this has come down a lot and it's still uh quite heavily above its revenue as well so uh, want to want to see what happens as the as the uh, big market crash sort of unfolds and 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 goes forward. The sucker's going up. Right. Okay. Let's move on to stocks for Paul. You guys have been looking into a couple. Of, this is a, uh, a pretty heavy one today. Lots of lots of stocks out there. What have you got? And what have you been looking at that maybe we can uh, I can maybe take a look at to maybe invest in. Hmm. I'll go first. Um, I've gone for a slightly different theme uh, with this week's stocks for Paul. Um, I, I didn't really have Paul down as a kind of Wix type person, and I know he's been looking carefully at Amazon, <laughs> and he mentioned PayPal earlier, and I was very worried that he was going to list the stock that I've got in mind here, but he didn't get to it. Uh, but when you think about Amazon and PayPal and Tencent that you mentioned earlier, the obvious next place that your mind goes is, of course, Aviva, um, UK insurance <laughs> outfit. Uh, this is my kind of uh, stock for Paul for this week. Um, Aviva is an insurance company, so if you want to talk about an insurance company, uh, well, when I think of them, I think Warren Buffett. I think he's made loads of money on insurance companies, so Paul will want to make lots of money on insurance companies. Um there's two things you basically need to know about an insurance company. You need to know its combined ratio, which tells you whether it makes any money by its underwriting. And you need to know how much money it makes by investing its float, more or less. So combined ratio is uh, pretty much the ratio of your expenses and payouts uh, as compared to your gross earned premiums, the money you take in by uh, premiums. If that number is below 100, your underwriting is profitable. It's not for a lot of insurers, uh, for what it's worth. They make most of their money by investing. Uh, Aviva's is around 93%. Uh, 
Um, their investing side is kind of rubbish. Uh, it was lower in 2021 than it was before, and it was uh, much less than uh, they make much less money by investing than they do by underwriting, which is sort of the opposite way round to Berkshire Hathaway. Um, they're currently going through a big complicated restructuring thing. Uh, that's quite complicated. They don't really have a moat as far as I can tell. But, Paul, they will pay you a 5.9% dividend. Um, therein lies the case for Aviva, as far as I can see. So I don't think you should buy Aviva shares, at least not those Aviva shares anyway. <laughs> Here's what I think you should buy, though. I think you should buy Aviva preferred shares. Uh, specifically, I think you should buy Aviva first preference. This is not financial advice, by the way. Please don't anyone get confused about this. Um, I would like as my stock for Paul to select Aviva first preference A shares with uh, an 8.75% dividend attached to them. So uh, here's how a preferred share works for anyone that's interesting. I think these are perfect for Paul. Basically, what happens is this company will do pretty much nothing, or this stock will do pretty much nothing other than pay you a dividend twice a year. Uh, and it will pay you half of an 8.75p uh, dividend, which I won't make you work out the maths on, but it's 4.375p or something like that uh, per year twice. Um, it's currently selling at 140p uh, a share, so you get a 6.3% dividend. Now, here are the things about that dividend. It won't go down. It can't go down. The management can't let it go down. It won't go up either, most likely, but you will get that dividend every year, so there's 6.3% in it for you. Uh, the management can decide not to pay dividends to anybody, including common stockholders. But if they do, that dividend rolls over year on year and has to be paid in full before they pay common dividends to anyone at all. Um, it's also non-callable, i.e. you cannot be taken. They can't decide to pull you back in again. They just have to keep paying you this 6.3% dividend. Um, and it's not going to go up. It's not going to go down. If the company goes bankrupt, which I don't think Aviva will, but if it does and it's worth knowing that, uh, you get paid before the common equity holders get paid. Basically, loads of people own Aviva shares at the moment. They quite like the dividend. Uh, I think you would do better by owning the preferred stock. It's handily outperformed the uh, common stuff over the last five, ten or so years. Uh, so I would suggest you go dividend hunting while this dividend thing is cheap. 6.3% is a dividend for you, Paul. Nice and straightforward. There you are. None of this complicated you... stuff about CRMs or analysing difficult businesses. <laughs> When you mention, well, it's a definitely a difficult business. This is because this, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, but sure don't matter. Just pay the dividend. The last time I was looking, this is this this company's splitting, isn't it? The last time I was looking, um, uh, when you brought preferred shares, I was like, shit. Does he think this is going bankrupt? Because that's the only reason I remember. Uh, there's a reason for having preferred shares, unless you want to vote as well. I don't know what the voting idea is, but they brought in the East. Uh, uh, yeah, you'll have no voting rights time. with these shares. Yeah, I haven't looked. Um, I haven't looked at this stock in a long, long time. I know it's quite popular on the Discord, isn't it? But they brought in the new CEO because it, there was a big problem mm -hmm. about they were they were selling off. Part, oh, I can't remember. It was such a long, long time ago. They were selling off part of the company, I'm sure. They it was. have all kinds of problems, as far as I can see, and they've been restructuring the thing left and right, and I don't really understand it, if I'm entirely honest with you, but pretty much all I care about is watching this dividend, and I think it's at a low enough price that it's worth <laughs> buying. 6.3%. Help yourself. Didn't they just release a special dividend as well? I've got, I seem to remember a couple of the Discorders rejoicing because they got paid a, a shitload on a on a special dividend as well yeah maybe Someone i seem to be about the only person them. on the discord that can't really analyze aviva very well uh I, it's got an awful lot going on in various different geographies and loads of different moving parts and it's in a complicated restructuring thing that i mentioned and yeah i don't know it seems like hard work i think i'd much rather have a bigger dividend than just sit there and collect it so what you're expecting what you're explaining there is the problem that they had with all the different um insurance groups that they have i think they've got an investing well they obviously have a pension part of it as well and they were splitting it down into two channels and the uh, the possibility was that they were going to sell off one of their wings for aviva um and that just made it even more complicated to me and um yeah so uh, aviva i i can't really tell you why or why i wouldn't be anywhere near that one other than it's just too complicated for me and uh, i worry you know uh, as with any uh high dividend stock you worry about where the capital appreciation going i assume aviva's been flat for decades it just strikes me as one of those stocks that, aviva? that will no, it's but down you... i think mainly oh is it uh, 
Ah, yeah, it'll be a down or down or flat. But it, it, it's always compared to legal and general, which you three, uh, all three of us are uh, invested in. But uh, why would you choose Aviva over legal and general? Um, at the insurance level, I wouldn't. I would choose it as a preferred stock, maybe, uh, over legal and general, because the legal and general dividend might go sideways or down a little bit. The Aviva one won't. That's fair enough. I, I just think in general, I think Aviva is a lot further away from, uh, sorry, legal and general is a lot further away from bankruptcy than Aviva is. I think the, the amount of cash that's available to shareholders is much higher with legal in general, I think. Um, that's probably going to be a no from me, but I'm sure I, I'm, I'm going to go talk to people on Discord about it because there are a couple of people in Viva on the Discord and a couple of people probably uh, in my in my YouTube subscribers who are, who are really into Viva. But I can't believe we're talking about Viva. Jesus. Well, I would say I, I thought I'd go out on a limb with a preferred stock here. Uh, and I appreciate that hasn't gone particularly well. Sometimes you take risks, sometimes it doesn't work. <laughs> but unless Steve has picked an unprofitable tech stock, uh, I feel like I might be going okay here. Well, I'm glad he got warmed up with his no, because uh, here, comes, here comes another one. So I will oh, tell you this poll in usual fashion. I will make you guess, but it'll be very easy for mm. you um, because I sort of had to delete the name out because I decided to do this in the last minute. But anyway, 52-week high for the stock we're in question is $210, and we're currently at $38. That's a drop of around $20 billion in market cap from $31 billion to $11 billion. So what's happened? Um, I'll go through the financials first because... Otherwise, you'll just get it straight away. But in the quarter, we, uh, in the quarter we've just closed, uh, the um, the company managed $320 million in revenue. This was up 36% year on year, well within management's guidelines, who regularly state that they can grow this business in and around the sort of 30% mark, they think, for at least a decade. Um, for what it's worth, this was actually a miss on Wall Street's expectations, but it was a miss of a million dollars, so not, not an awful lot. Uh, EPS, they lost eight cents a share, which was two cents better than uh, last year. This was uh, bob on with uh, Wall Street's expectations. They don't actually um, offer this guidance, so uh, this, that's the only one you've got to go on. Gross margin, 76.2%. Open net margins are negative, about 7 and 8% uh, for, for both of them. Uh, free cash flow, um, when I actually jotted down all the titles for this i just wrote the word lol next to it only to discover about an hour ago that they made 86 million in free cash flow um so this is because the company um i later found has received a high amount of deferred revenue uh, so this is when yeah. a company is paid in advance of actually completing a project so it's going to sit on the lie uh, as a liability on the balance sheet until they actually uh, complete so the, task UK company. the project as you, as you informed me earlier, this is a... Um, nice. So okay. this uh, does, however, mean that we are now free cash flow positive over the 12 months, which is great for a recently IPO tech company. So uh, net income <laughs> minus $25 million. Uh, a lot of stock-based comps, so it's particularly egregious at the moment. Uh, it's uh, A lot of people are, are quite angry about it. In terms of cash to debt, $1.8 billion in cash, $1.7 billion in debt. So it's covered, but I think that's a bit of a yellow flag. Um, customers spending hundred thousand or more continues to grow. Um, they've um, they've doubled this amount in the last four years. Now they've now got eleven thousand customers in this bracket. Uh, dollar based net expansion rate one hundred thirty five percent, so very positive. Um, so deferred revenue I mentioned earlier. I thought I'd have a look for you and see what it was. Um, management have revealed that they've been contracted by the Orlando Economic Partnership to build a eight hundred square mile digital twin of the locality. The idea being that Orlando can simulate and solve regional challenges such as transportation problems, climate change, mapping utilities, uh, and it's also thought that they could use it to showcase areas where the business uh, where businesses could come into Orlando and build new facilities in the region and, and show them how they would connect up to the infrastructure. So, bio-wise, this is the one that's going to give it away if you haven't got it already. The company is a video game company founded in Copenhagen, Denmark, and trades on the New York Stock Exchange. It's arguably most famous for providing the engine in which Pokemon Go was built on uh, was built by Niantic. It almost it's also famously worked with Google to develop AR Core, um, Google's augmented reality app, and it also worked with a Google subsidiary that you've probably heard of, DeepMind, uh, to develop virtual world artificial intelligence. 
in more recent days, it's launched its own store, offers a marketplace for artists to buy and sell the digital assets um, for use in game development, and most recently acquired Weta Digital, an animation and special effects studio famously used and owned by Peter Jackson of Hobbit fame. And they've just acquired Ziva Dynamics, which is another visual effects company earlier in this year. They do um, they do uh, like AI driven human uh, discussion. Um, so the company splits itself into two divisions. It's Operate, which is a, essentially advertising in-app purchases and publishing tools, marketing tools, and Create, which is more focused on the actual creative side of development. Um, so Operate is the problem here. This is why the stock has fallen so much. Operate has an audience pinpointer tool and it's powered by machine learning. So the idea of the tool is that it helps developers place relevant ads within the games to find the right audience with that advertisement. Unfortunately, the company has just admitted they've trained this tool with awful data, meaning that it's essentially useless. So they're going to have to get rid of the tool, take it all the way back and rebuild the tool from the ground up. The net effect of this is about $110 million are going to be missing uh, from the revenue over 2022. And staff are going to get dragged down other areas uh, to speed up the fix, meaning that development across the business is going to suffer throughout the, hell the whole of 2022. So with this in mind, I come to the guidance the guidance um, was 290 to 295 million dollars in the next quarter so that's growth of about six percent of the low point wall street wanted 32 percent uh full year it's down two with management only expecting about 22 percent growth uh wall street wanted 35 um so here we go if you buy the stock you've got 12 months of hell uh providing you believe that this is a problem that can be fixed. Uh, you're also going to have to suffer a bit of dilution. Uh, shares outstanding has jumped from about 128 million to uh, 294 million in just the nine quarters that the stock has been public. Although they have made some acquisitions, that that's not all crazy comp. So, do you believe the management are telling the truth about that long-term growth? Because if not, you're in a lot of trouble. That's my stock. Plot twist: This is the week where we both offer short ideas for Paul. <laughs> You know what? I, I, you, I thought I was. I had no idea. I, I still have no idea what stock this is. I don't know what you're talking about. I really don't. Really? I really, I, I, really so don't. I did know, but I would have got it wrong until he said video game company, um, and then I would have got it right from that point on. That was the. That, that's the bit that threw me. Um, come on, tell me. I've got no clue. Unity. Oh God! Yeah, of course it is. Yeah, what a shame. That's a big popular popular Discord stock again. Or a lot of uh, Casper Unity. Lovely. Uh, they, Casper uh, Unity. Yup. Yeah, they they run uh, the mobile games. Basically, every mobile game uh, that's out out there that's any good at the moment um, is Unity. So that was where I would have got it. You've said video game, but I would have gone with mobile game more than anything. But obviously, they have. The others, the other engine. Um, it's a good stock, right? Or at least it was last year. Everyone was banging on about it. It did really well. Um, you, you're still invested in this, I get to take it, Steve? I've got about a 1% position in Unity, which has gone to about half a percent. I'm not down as much as you'd think on this. I waited and waited and waited mm -hmm. and waited with Unity, and I bought it at about $80. So, yeah, you got uh, the I mean, I could have been I could have been way, way further down. I was the bottom before this new bottom. Um, mm -hmm. But uh, I'm probably down about, I think, about 40% or something like that at the moment, but um, with room to expand that position, if I see fit. Um, I think it's a pretty interesting company. I think... Um, it's all factors on whether you're happy with the debt and the cash coverage, which is going to change quarter on quarter. I don't think this company is always going to be a free cash flow positive company. I don't think they even care whether they are or not at this point. So it's do you care about the debt? Because eventually that cash is going to be lower than the debt. Uh, and I would say that it will be like that in six months time. Do you care about the dilution? There's quite a lot of dilution uh, going on at the company. They are very acquisitive. Um, and do you think that they can strip that tool down and have it back up and running within 12 months? Because if this bleeds into 2023, uh, we're stuck with a company here that's still pretty expensive, not growing very fast, can't 
can basically do the things that generate the bulk of their revenue and they're diluting the shit out of you so what's operate use for specifically because a lot of the bros were all talking about how data is the new oil and that spread into all of the companies including um unity last year as one of the biggest um uh artificial intelligence companies so artificial intelligence companies were doing exceptionally well last year i think it all comes from tesla i think that's what it is is tesla breeze uh, posts itself as an artificial intelligence company now so that sent nvidia into the air it sent um uh, google into the air it's and obviously these, these tiny companies a lot of the kathy woodstocks as well um, I think it was a Cathy Wood stock at some point. It's probably out. Cathy Wood have probably sold it by now uh, because it went down. Um, are, is the AI story still there, I guess? And uh, I suppose that's the question you've, you've already asked. Yeah, yeah, so you've got to think. So what? basically all this comes from the Apple and Google privacy changes. So when the Apple and Google privacy changes happened, and Unity needed to find a way to uh, be able to circumvent them and get apps back to relevant people. So it's not getting the data back from Google uh, or Apple in the way that it wanted. So it built a tool and trained a tool because machine learning, um, it's not about just it taking the data and learning uh, as things are happening. You have to actually train it first. So it's a bit like a dog, yeah. I suppose. Uh, you have to teach it the tricks and you keep feeding the data. And if this happens, I need you to do this. And if this happens, you need to do that. And then eventually you can consi consistently ingest the new data and work on the sort of the, the tricks that it's learned. The problem with this is that they fed it the wrong tricks. So basically when they wanted it to beg, they taught it to sit. And that's the issue that Unity have got at the moment. Mm. Now, essentially, they've got to like strict, strict the brain out the dog and put a new brain in and then reteach it all its tricks again. The problem with that is that basically they're saying the thing that controls all of our advertising, the thing that drives all the revenue to you guys, we're going to have to turn that off uh, while we fix it. And we think it might and take us nine months to fix. So that's the that's issue very, at the moment. That's, that's very interesting because probably a year ago when we were all talking about data and how important it was the focus was always on the amount of data whichever company has the amount the right amount of data so um let's say tesla is driven on this um mobile is driven on this palantir is driven by this as well and we're, it was all about the amount of data. Whoever's got the most amount of data going into their system is the one that's going to have the best AI at the end of it or the best machine learning at the end of it. And now this uh, theory has come out about, well, it's actually the quality of the data now, which might be the, might be more important if, it, if you take Unity's case in, 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 uh, into, into question. Uh, that's a very interesting point to me. That's probably not, on the anywhere near uh, actually whether we should invest in unity or not but it was very interesting to it's very interesting to hear considering that the narrative on ai last year was amount 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 tesla has more data coming into its uh, machine learner than anywhere else and they were saying mobile eye has better quality data going into its uh, into its uh, system and then they were saying that yeah, it was just running through all sorts of different systems. I, it's, that's the only real point I can take from this because I'm going nowhere near Unity at the moment. It's, um, it's uh, Anecdotally, it's great because I see it at the start of every one of my kids' games on his iPad. And Un the Unity engine comes up and then his game plays. And that's um, I, I've got one called Fireworks, which is which is on here, where it's literally just you tap the screen and it, and it plays Fireworks. That, ki that keeps my kid um really entertained for about an hour where he just taps the phone and it sets fireworks um so uh i i see i see the benefit there but i i don't understand this in any way i have i, I think the average person would really struggle to understand this business right yeah <laughs> it's a david gardner stock though right i mean it's part of his um sampler that presumably has almost entirely gone down the drain uh, along with both yours and mine oh, God. Well, you've got google haven't you in there so you're probably doing okay mm, google's down as well though it's down about 20 odd percent Go since uh, google's probably down 20 compared to yeah. most of the other things we've got 
<laughs> yeah, well, yeah, it's not down playing. 75%, so by that virtue, I'll be doing better. But you've got a couple yeah. of utilities in there, haven't you? You've got PG&E, that's... How I have that PG&E thing? in there. Uh, I don't know. Uh, we can check that one out on some other week, I guess, but that's something we haven't looked at yeah. just lately. But I've noticed that one by one, most of our stocks have gone down. I think the just question is how much. Mm. Yeah, definitely. It's um, interesting. My portfolio, I'm just looking at... Uh, Peaked at forty nine thousand four hundred and ten, and is now down to forty six thousand. So I'm starting to lose as well, and my my portfolio is starting to go down with the rest of my thing. I, I think we're going to see that. That's that's when it becomes a real crash, right? When uh, the the uh, the bigger stocks and the the more safe. Let's let's put that in mm. uh, in uh, quotations there because um, they're going to come as well. They're going to feel it as well. Do you think? As an endpoint, let's let's talk about this. So, have we reached capitulation yet? Have we reached that point where the market has just uh, obviously the definition of capitulation would be something along the lines of we just give up, uh, we 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 just can't take anymore, and we just start to to come, and the rest of the market starts to sell. Have we reached that point yet with all of the uh, the darling tech stocks or? Have we got that to come for the bigger stocks? What do you reckon? Go on, lay your heart out on the line here. All right, I, I don't think we've reached the bottom yet. Capitulation, to my mind, means people are selling stuff that they like, uh, not stuff that they kind yeah. of got into and aren't really quite sure about why they got into. But there was a time, there was a time not so long ago, right, where it seemed like the idea was to just buy the thing that made the least money because it had the most room to grow and was increasing its revenues quite fast and so on. Um, and it feels like there's still some way to come out of that yet. And I think we still haven't seen the sort of top end properly kind of rolling over yet. So, uh, yeah, Monday, 16th of May, I'm calling this, I'm boldly calling this not the bottom. Love it. Love it. <laughs> it's not. The, it is. I don't know. Who, who knows? It's impossible <laughs> to say. It could be the bomb. But uh, the, the point is, who cares, uh, really? It's about right. prices. It's not about finding bottoms or calling bottoms. If, you, if you're thinking about things like that, you're wasting your time. Um, mm. You need to be looking at prices of companies, prices you want to pay. And if they're at those prices, you should be buying them regardless of what the market is doing. Uh, I've always found a way to buy companies. I'm an optimist. I will always find a way to buy something. I want to always be buying something. And whether the market's up or down, it doesn't change that. And that's the mindset you really want to have. You want to always be looking to buy and hold and do nothing. And on that note, I think we'll leave it there. Thank you very much, guys, for listening today. Uh, it's the Playing Footy Podcast. We're out every Sunday. Leave a five-star review if you can on Spotify or leave us a like and a comment with a question. It'd be lovely to hear from you. Thank you very much, guys, and we'll see you next week. <laughs>